it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. It's Tuesday, it's 3 o'clock, and you know what that means. Time for Shelly Live with your hostess with the mostess, Shelly from Cali on VOCNation.com. Bitch. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Sometimes I am not one to be like, yes, bitch. Bitch. Sometimes I'm very much the opposite. But then there's other days like today. Or it's just that kind of a day. You know what I mean, bitch? <laughs> What's going on? It is time for Shelly Live. Of course, I am your hostess with the mostest, Shelly from Kelly, here uh, live on the VOC Nation. And something I want to do is to remind you guys more of the call-in number, even though I might not get to your call till later. Sometimes you guys need a little reminder. And that number is... Six five seven three eight three sixteen sixty six. Again, that number is six five seven three eight three sixteen sixty six. Pick up six. So, how was your guys' week? Been a week. It's been one week since you looked at me. And um, yes, I just uh, I can't even. What the hell did I even talk about last week? I don't even remember. <laughs> oh my gosh! Here's why. Here's why I don't remember, just to be real, right? So, um, you know, I have Shelly Live here on the VOC Nation every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then on Friday on ShellyTV.com, I have on my free OnlyFans. That's that's right. It's free. It's free to join. ShellyTV.com will take you there, make it nice and easy for you. ShellyTV.com. Um, You know, I do my live stream there. I do my Friday happy hour Wiggle Beagle video chat. Then on Sunday, 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 Sundays, I hang out with my OnlyFans on my premium channel, which today, people, make make, uh, note of this, Missy, that starting today, Fred Mertz just peed. Awesome. Now the show can really start, buddy. You peed. (sighs) Um, I changed the URL once again. I think this is like the third time I've done it, but you know what? Hey, third time's a charm. Hey, third time's not only a charm, but right now, if you go on my OnlyFans, which is now 
Shelly Martinez, making it again nice and simple for everyone. OnlyFans.com forward slash Shelly Martinez. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, I just took a deep breath and then I just like choked on some spit. Oh, hold on. <clears throat> Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens though? Like you'll be talking or just whatever and then you just, I guess they call it swallowing down the wrong pipe, whatever. <clears throat> anyway, so um, now it's Shelly Martinez, and that's the third time I've done it, but that's just what's up. I'm trying to make everything easy for everybody, but I do a live stream on there on Sundays, and on top of all this, I do YouTube videos, as you know. I do, oh, here, let me throw some more confusion at all of you guys. Okay, so you know how I'm on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward Shelly Martinez channel. Again, nice and simple for you. And um, today I was actually talking to my Secret Society VIP, Jesse. Shout out to Jesse. And I was talk- I asked, had asked him if he'd seen my Save Wrestling videos on my YouTube channel because, you know, there's quite a bit on there. It's like you want to see some really cool videos, people. Like I know most of you are wrestling fans, right? So what I did years ago is I created this little series on my YouTube channel when I was trying to be like a famous YouTuber. Um, and I made it called Save Wrestling, and the reason why I called it Save Wrestling was because that was my second time into the independent scene. That's after WWE. That's after TNA. So it was my my second run with the independent pro wrestling scene and my final run. So um, when I did the Save Wrestling videos way back when, I was real passionate about it because I was going back into wrestling with a completely different mindset, right? Because, okay, when I was on the indies the first time, that's when I was trying, you know, I was this freaking living dead girl with a dream trying to be in WWF, which then turned WWE and I got that, um, you know, and that's a really cool thing. Like, I know I have my opinions about different times in it and everything, but at the end of the day, I think it's really cool that I did set out to do that and I made it happen. And no offense to people who um, hook up with people for their spots, but I never slept with anyone for my spot either. So, like, I'm really proud of that. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what's up. And in all of my wrestling, I never – the only time I ever slept with anybody that that was in wrestling was when, like, I was trying to be their girlfriend or, like, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? I never – I never, like, bang the boss or – the writers or like whatever like and that's fine if you, that's what people do that is their own business like let me tell you something no judgment everybody's different everybody and some people are fine with it in my opinion I think that as long as everybody knows the deal but there's no like oh I have a husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend and I'm doing this for my spot and they don't know I'm doing it that's shady I'm not saying that's cool but, hey, if that's how you roll, that's how you roll, whatever. But to me, I'm really proud that I didn't do that, right? <clears throat> so um, going back to the safe wrestling, <laughs> you're getting deep over here, isn't it? A little too early for that already. Only a few minutes in here, Aaron Shelley Elias, on the VOC Nation. So, um, you know, when I went back into it that second time, my mindset was just completely different. And the way I looked at it was, wow, you know, even though I, you know, for you know, whether it was I got fired from WWE or I decided to leave TNA, it was like now I was deciding to go back on the independent realm. And 
I just really didn't realize that, A, you get your bookings and, you know, you just keep your bookings and do a good job at promoting yourself and all this. Like, you're good. You can you can make it still on the independence. And that's the thing that gets me is that I've met, especially at that time, that was the second run I had, right, I met a lot of people that their energy with me was completely different than the first time around because, duh, I was like a WWE wannabe. And now I was a has-been. <laughs> so when I went back the second time and I was a WWE has-been, you know, people treated me a little different. And it, some in a bad way and some in a very cool way, like a lot in a really cool way. And it made me so sad that I would meet different wrestlers, especially the women, that they had a really, like, cool or unique character and they understood like wrestling you know what I mean and telling a good story and um, connecting with the audience you know like awesome talent and people who I started to hear their name a lot because they get booked so much because they were good at those things you know marketing themselves you know being at that merch table you know whatever and um, when I went back to wrestling that second time um, it's like, I was like, oh, now I'm finally meeting so-and-so, you know, I've heard about them so much, like, oh my goodness. So when I would meet them and they would still feel like a failure because they didn't make it to WWE. And some of those same people made it, or when I was in TNA, were there in TNA and they still had this whole vibe about them that like, well, I still haven't been in WWE. So what? Oh, my goodness. That gets me the most. Like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in wrestling. So the F what? And I've had conversations with these people, and I've had deep and meaningful conversations with these people, guys and gals alike. And I'll have moments with them even where they're like, I could see them perk up. I could see them feeling more self-worth, which they should. You know what I mean? Busting their ass, just, like, doing it. And then I could see them getting a little self-confidence back. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. But then, damn it, it goes right back to WWE, WWE, WWE. And I get it. That's the biggest platform. So, of course, you're going to want to be on the biggest platform because that, to you, equals success to a lot of people. It's not just about mainstream or whatever. Or maybe to some people, they're like, well, when I was little, you know, I grew up watching WWE or WWF. And so to me, it just means a lot personally. And I get that. I totally 1000% get that. But I feel that those same people are robbing themselves of something really cool that they already have. You know what I mean? Because let's be real. There's only one WWE. There can only be so many people on their roster actively during certain times. And a lot of those people that are on that active roster have been on it for many, 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 many years. So there, it's, the chances of that are slimmer. So... I'm not saying give up on that, but while you're still seeing if that's going to happen, like why not enjoy what you already have? Because to be honest with you, um, 
you know, people always say, ask me, you know, like, what did you like better, WWE or TNA? And they never bring up indies. They never throw in there or the indies. And it's so crazy to me because I can't really compare any of those. Because when I was in WWE, my vibe was one way. And then when I was in TNA, I grew from my experiences that led me to WWE and got me fired from there (laughs) and everything in between. And, you know, I was just a different person. And so when I went into the TNA locker room, my vibe was just different. And then when I decided that, you know, I was going to move forward and do some other things with my life and I left TNA, it's like that made me a different person, which then I took some time off and then I came back to the Indies. And it's like, and then with everything that happened in between that, that was different. So every time in my timeline of those events, it's all different. But what's interesting is, you know, I know I've talked about this before, but I think people either they're not paying attention and it goes over their head. They don't care about listening to Shelly Life, so they'll never hear it anyways. Or maybe you just forgot. But um, what was so interesting to me was, Having been through WWE, my experiences there, having been through TNA, my experiences there, having been through my independence the second time around and still living it, and I was a freaking rosebud. Remember that? That Adam Rose guy? And it's so crazy because at the time, like, I wasn't watching WWE or anything. And, um, you know, during that time, it was kind of like, it was just a struggle. Like I was way better than I had been in years, but there was still a struggle in my life. And the big struggle in my life, especially when I was a rosebud was money. I had no money because by that time, what I started to do is when I went back to the independence the second time around, I made really good money. Like I'm not saying the bomb money, but enough to live like in California. So, what I would start to do is I started cutting people deals because I knew they didn't have big budgets or maybe they had certain shows that weren't, didn't have big budgets, but you know, maybe what I was doing in those promotions, I really enjoyed, or maybe I wanted to be around certain people that were on the show as well. And that was the only way I was going to be around them or whatever. So I would do it. And then what ended up happening is when these bigger budget shows would come around with these same promoters, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, they would still pay me the lower rate and just like, oh, well, I thought you said, and it became a full stupid thing. So I wasn't making as much money. Um, It was really rough. Danielle and I had moved into a bigger place, which was awesome, like so awesome, but it was more expensive, you know, and it was a better part of town. So I definitely had to like hustle hard and we were like barely making it. And I was really grateful for the place we lived because if you remember um, back in the day, a lot of my content, I would be like at a pool or uh, like at a barbecue uh, area or in a sauna or in a gym. Well, you know, all of that was right there in the building I lived in. And I was like so grateful for that, especially because I was on the road on the weekend. So a lot of times my body, oh my goodness. So, you know, I 
would love on Monday morning getting up early and getting in that hot tub and just like marinating, <laughs> marinating and things. But so it was it was great in no sense, but you know, like that rent, it was like, it was always this anxiety and we were always paying late fees. And then that adds up and it was just a lot, you know? And so I thought, you know, maybe the only real way I'm going to make money is if I go back to WWE. And so that's when I started flirting with the idea of maybe I should do that, you know? And so I was in talks with them here and there and whatever. And then, um, you know, I don't know where they're coming from, but the way it seemed to me was like maybe it was like a test of, going, you know, going when I was a Rosebud and they booked me for it. And the reason why I even applied was because a lot of the people that I was working with on the weekends, they would get those gigs. And I would be like, damn, you know, even if it's just like a little payday, like I need that couple hundred bucks, <laughs> you know, it was like that, you know. So I got in touch with them, whatever, whatever. And they let me come and be a rosebud. And I've talked about this before as well. You know, before I went, I had an edible. And I did have vodka in my bag. And I put it in my Gatorade the whole time I was there. But it wasn't like I was going into it like, yeah, I'm going to get all high and get drunk. It was like, oh, my God, I know I won't be able to medicate while I'm there. So I need to make sure I have an edible. So, like, I don't need to go smoke. Like, it'll just be in me. So there's that for my anxiety. Because I didn't know what I was walking into. I didn't know, is this a setup? Is this a what they say in the wrestling business, a rib? Like, what's the deal? Like, am I being tested? Like, what's up? Are they really seeing, like, oh, let's just see what she looks like, and maybe we'll, like, do something with her? Like, I didn't know. All I knew is I was broke. I needed money. And, like... The only way I, in my eyes at that time, I felt I was going to revive myself financially was even if I just got mixed up with WWE a little bit, not to where like I'm all like hired, hired, but just making some money when they're in town, things like that, whatever. Because um, at that point, too, I'd also done Heyman Hustle. Like I was a Heyman Hustle girl as well. So I thought, oh, maybe they're seeing like whatever, you know. So the reason why I busted open the vodka, I brought it just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a long road trip. So it wasn't necessarily like just in case for there. It was more like, you know, if you need a roadie. So the reason why was because I just kept getting triggered by different things. And I realized that it wasn't a place for me after all. And it's not like I was having like these negative situations going down. In fact, that's the first time I ever met. Um, oh my goodness. I'm having such a brain fart right now. What's his name? <sighs> I could see his face in my head right now. Hi, what's his name? He has the beard, and he had the whole like clique of people, and they were like supposed to be from like New Orleans. Uh, and then now he does like something to where it's like kind of similar to what Sim Bodie did. What's his name? Oh, and he does that thing in the corner where he goes upside down and he was like all like a creepy character. And he feuded with like the Undertaker. What? You guys, if you're listening right now, tweet me that guy's name. I know you know who I'm talking about. Let me go to Twitter right now. Let's see if anyone's listening. But uh, tell me what his name is. I know you know who I'm talking about. Let's see. Bray Wyatt. Thank you. Stella. I had met him. And, um, and 
like I had seen things on him. I thought, wow, that's really cool because um, what some may not know is my aerial character. Um, I drew in some inspiration from Drusella from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Baby Firefly from House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects. So I kind of mashed those in with, like, the psycho I already am naturally, and that was Ariel. So um, to me, I was like, wow, like, what if? This is just my mind because, come on, you guys. I got bit in the 80s when I saw Lost Boys and I became a vampire. Then I go off and I say, I'm going to be in WWF and I go in WWE and I'm a vampire. Let's not forget when I was Pirate Shelly. Then I go to TNA and I get to be a Chola, which we've already talked about this before in um, past Shelly lives. And so in my brain, it seemed like it aligned up like everything else in my past with my wrestling career. So I thought, okay, maybe this is like how I'm going to retire. Maybe I will go back and maybe uh, it's going to be with this group. Like that would be pretty cool. Like, you know, to kind of like that full circle, like, whoa, I can see that. So when I saw him, that was the first time I met him. And he actually told me that my name had come up for something like that before. So I was like, oh, wow. So then I really thought, oh, okay. So my experience there wasn't negative. And, you know, the conversation I had with him was really cool because in my eyes, like I said, I totally saw, like, this character, even if it was Ariel came back or whatever, as, um, like, that baby firefly to that gimmick that they had going on. And again, like I've talked about before, when I was in WWE and I was Ariel and I didn't think that there was no, like I hadn't fought with Batista yet. So there was no, like I'm on the chopping block or whatever. And um, I remember being in Louisville, Kentucky at um, the gym down over there. And I would be in that cardio room and I would see LAX come out and I'd be like, man, if I ever wasn't with WWE and I was there, this is how I would do And so you see what I'm saying here? It wasn't just me being like, like trying to reach far and being like, oh, it was like I connected with that like that, you know what I'm saying? And so I thought, oh, okay, maybe this is it. But then there were some other situations that just kind of happened during that like day. I'm not going to get into it because I don't even care, to be honest with you. I don't even care to spend any of my energy even talking about it. Just toxic behavior, okay? Toxic people, toxic behavior. Not toxic behavior like, oh, they were doing weird things. Like, people I had to, I had beats with, and I was right there with them. You know, backstage, WWE, Rosebud. So, yeah, damn right I put that vodka in, <laughs> in my catering. And here's the thing. I wonder if I stunk like vodka. And here I am walking around there, goes, oh, there goes Ariel. We fired her ass. We bring her back. She smells like vodka. Her eyes are tiny. She's probably high. <laughs> she got into it with that girl over there. <laughs> I'm back, bitch. Here's the thing. I didn't even plan on talking about any of this. It just kind of naturally came. And so it's funny that, yeah, that was, that's right, bitch. <laughs> kind of moment. But um, so it's like, the reason why I asked everything that day was because 
I had already gone through WWE. I already had gone through TNA. And I had gone to part two of Indies. And I was at a point where now I started to see that it wasn't all fun like I thought. Because I really thought, like, oh, my – and I had so much fun. (gasps) If you've seen some of my matches live, especially when I first came back, I was such a nerd. Oh, my goodness, and I loved it. I was such a nerd, and I loved every second of it. I remember I used to do this whole thing because uh, back in the day – uh, I was at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is this infamous hotel in Hollywood. And I was there with Danielle. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Kevin Gill. He's mixed up in wrestling, does podcasts, interviews. Uh, he was involved in um, the gathering of Juggalos and putting together the wrestling shows there. So you probably know who Kevin Gill is. So he had invited Danielle and I down to the Roosevelt because him and his coworkers were there on like a work gig in town. And um, they were staying there, and they just wanted to, you know, let's hang out, like, get some drinks. You don't know, it's really nice there by the pool, you know. Oh, my goodness. Like, even if you're not staying there, you just go get some drinks by the pool. You're good. It's like, if you're into old Hollywood vibes, the Roosevelt, dude, yes. And it's haunted, too. So um, we were like, yes, please. And at that time, we were in walking distance. We lived right in the middle of Hollywood, Danielle and I did. And, um we were in walking distance, so it was perfect, you know, and didn't have to worry about like, how to get there or anything. And um, when we were there, Dennis Rodman was there, and he had a bunch of his buddies with him. And it was just, <laughs> to this day, whenever, like, it's brought up between the group that I was with, it's laughed all day long because Dennis Rodman was so out of his mind, drunk and whatever else that you can barely understand what he was saying. And he was getting annoyed that Danielle and I were, like, having genuine conversations with Kevin and Kevin's friends. And in one of his friends in particular, Steve, um, you know, he was just, we were just in, like, interesting conversations with him. But Dennis Rodman didn't like that. Not one bit. He wanted it to be about the Dennis Rodman show. And it wasn't like we were being loud or anything. We were just kind of to the side and, like, we didn't care. We weren't hanging on his every word. I know Dennis Rodman from back in the day. He probably doesn't remember me. He probably doesn't even remember me at the Roosevelt. But, like, I know all about Dennis Rodman, and I'm not impressed. I'm not 1%. And um, so whatever. And uh, (laughs) so he starts in on Steve and he calls him person hey person because he's so jealous that these two two, the only two girls that are down there hanging out are over there hanging on Steve's person's every word hey person and so he was just being obnoxious and one of the things he would do is he would say make it work and touche now when he would say touche like put your hand out right put your hand out right now Okay, now make a fist. You guys making a fist? Okay, now take your other hand and wrap it around your wrist, like where a watch would go. When he would say touche, he would make that hand moment, a movement. Now take your hands apart. Now, op- now have one hand face open, like palm open. To, like you, you're looking at the palm of your hand, right? Now lay the other one right on top. So the back of your hand being your face, right? Now close your fingers so they're interlocked, your hands. Okay, so when he, when he would make that hand movement, that hand gesture, he would say, make it work. So we got 
touche the fist and the hand to the where your watch would be and then make it work when you clasp your two hands together, right? But then when he get caught up in a story, sometimes it was interchangeable. It was awesome. So our other homie, Zach, <laughs> he said, can I ask you something? He's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. He was like, I noticed you keep saying touche, and then he would make the hand motion, and he goes, and then making it work. And then he goes, what's that about? He goes, well, you know, sometimes it's like touche. And he did this motion, make it work. Sometimes, you know. <laughs> so what I would do when I went back to the Indies because I was having too much effing fun was I would go when they would announce me, Shelly Martinez. Sometimes, yeah, I'd go in the corner and be sexy, but then I would go in the middle of the effing ring and I would go down to one knee and then go to the other. So, you know, interchange them. So it's like a knee skip. And I would be like making it work, making it work, touche. Like that was my thing. And the thing is, is like there's only a handful of people in this entire universe that were there and saw that and knew what it meant. But I just had that much fun. I was making it work, touche. <laughs> So, um, shoot, what was my whole point of taking, talking about the indies? And we're just over here talking wrestling, people. Over here on Shelly Live on the VOC Nation with Fred Mertz, a little peepee head over here. <laughs> but um, going back to that indies and then having it be like that to where I ended up kind of being when... I went to be a rosebud. It was very different. I went from having so much fun that, like, my face hurts right now just from remembering all this stuff and smiling. But then, like, somewhere along the line, I just got really disappointed, like, with people. And that's what it was, people. I was just disappointed in people and, like, discovering. Here's the thing. I've said this before. I know I'm telling a lot of stories. I guess it's story hour here on Shelly Live this week. Um, when I was in OVW and Punk was dating Maria, Maria thought I was being sarcastic and making fun of her when I had asked her this question. And I was whatever. And so she went and tattled on me to Punk, and then Punk was rude to me. And when I asked him to step aside and if I could talk to him privately, I asked him what his problem was. And then, of course, he was taking that for, um, what's her name, Maria, because as he should, I guess. This is girlfriend, right? And I remember, I can't even remember exactly what I said. Oh, Fred, are you peeing again? Oh, okay, no. Honestly, Shelly, he looks me dead in my soul with those psycho blue eyes. He looks me dead in my soul. And he said, honestly, Shelly, I think think you think we're closer than we really are. And I, my heart just hurt. I felt emotional, like I wanted to cry. I was like, oh, my gosh, how can he say that? Because not only did, like, I don't know, just for a lot of reasons. It just, like, it just really crushed my soul. It's just, I blue. They're white, right? Are they blue or are they green? Or are they brown? I don't know. It's for some reason in my head I'm picturing blue eyes. Does he have blue eyes? Or does he have brown eyes and I'm stupid? Maybe he does. I don't know. Why did I think they were blue? Are they? 
Tweet me, Stellar Steven. I know you're listening. <laughs> what color eyes are CM Punk? But when he said this to me, his eyes seemed blue for whatever that means. I don't know. But when he said that, I just remember it was like, oh, my God, like that sucks. But over time, I've realized that, like, that's one of the most raw, true things ever because I'm not saying that I have, like, the, the connections, moments, conversations I've had with people in wrestling, time spent with them uh, didn't mean anything. Or else I wouldn't have been so butthurt when I felt like people weren't really my real friends or whatever. But it's true. Those are just, like, moments and experiences, but it didn't mean that, like, or, like, my friend friends, you know, we were friendly. We were taking it. We were cool. But... I don't know. It's just interesting. And I think about that a lot when I finally have moments where I'm able to kind of like look back at like people who have really hurt me, especially one friend I had not too long ago. um, I was able to talk with her. And um, one of the things I said was, you know, it just really hurt me that like, you know, I had to find out what's going on in your life because other people are telling me and all this and that. And then her reply was, honestly, just you can't take it personal. And then she was with her other friend, and she goes, oh, yeah, she does that to me all the time, like, whatever. And then she just said, you just can't take it personal. And I was like, but I do. Like, like you have the right to say I shouldn't take it personal. I'm letting you know that I do take it personal. And it sucks. And when I said that, it was because in my mind, I was like, you know, I thought we were like BFFs. Um, at one point, um, you know, we spent a lot of time together. Um, you know, I've confided in her about a lot of things that, like, I just don't just tell to anybody. Things like that, you know what I mean? Light brown. Okay, why is it that I pictured blue? Isn't that weird? So weird. That's so weird. I'm going to investigate that because, like, what is that? little Mandela effect on myself so you know it's like but now when I think of that same person and that was like I think like last year I I bumped into her something like that so it was like not this year but it was like last year and it was like at that time I was okay and felt felt peace with the situation because like I had told her like well it hurts my feelings like whatever so I felt like at least I said something right and it wasn't and she received it well like it wasn't like and she's that type of person like I feel like I can say whatever and have like it's not gonna be like oh whatever Shelly kind of thing so now when I think of it I'm like you know what I was just we were close we weren't as close as I thought we were that's why. And it's fine. And that's fine. But it's so crazy that moment that freaking punk said that to me, how it hurt me so bad and it's haunted me in different ways whenever I have, like, especially these friend breakups. But it's like, are they really a friend breakup? Maybe I was never really in a committed relationship with them anyways. Maybe it was just a friend dating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you look at it in dating terms, like, 
non-romantical, not romantically, but like, you know, let's just take the, like, these friends I've had that have hurt my feelings, right? Like, let's just look at them like dating terms. It's like, maybe I really wasn't in that committed relationship, you know? We were just, we were dating and we saw each other a lot and cool, blah, 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 but it wasn't a true commitment, you know? I don't know. Does that make sense? I hope it does. <laughs> so going back to when I was at Rosebud, you know, I was going through that big time. And there was even with me on that trip, one of my homies, like, I thought he was like a really, he, you know, I, I don't think he, he was a really good friend to me at that time of my life. And when I did hit him up about like, hello, how come you don't talk to me anymore? He literally told me he wants me to remember the person and the friendship we had before. I don't know what that means. I often think of this friend and I pray for him. But, um, you know, it's just like I was with that homie that knew of all these things I was going through, whatever. And I was really there as a rosebud out of desperation, not out of desperation of, like, wanting the spotlight. I just needed some money. That's why I didn't even care if I didn't get signed. I just needed to know that when they came into town, I could make some extra money. And then that's going to help me and my booking. People are like, Oh, Shirley was at the, da, da, da. you see what I'm saying? It was a marketing move. And, um, you know, that's why I just didn't care when I was there. And I was like putting that vodka in there. So I was just like, dude, let's just get this over with and let me get my check, whatever. I'll have fun. And, um, and I did, you know, they let us pick out of the props what we wanted to wear. And I saw the sombrero and I was like, oh my God, yes. Um, you know, we went out there, it was brief and uh, I was buzzed. It was a good old time. It was a good old time being a rose. But hey, I think I lived up to my character and what it was supposed to be. The motivation was there, you see, that's all. But here's the thing. I can't remember why I even started talking about this whole rabbit hole of my wrestling career, but that's okay. I'm going to take a little break, and then I have been on the social media. Yes, yes. I've been asking you, my listeners, what you would like for me to talk about, and I also asked you guys, what's something you're just dying to know about me? So after this commercial break, I'm going to dive into what you guys want to know. You guys want me to talk about BRB. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro, both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews 
with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Legon. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network 
on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network, Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Oh, my goodness. So I was thinking about it some more. Welcome back. You're listening to Shelly Live here on VOC Nation. Um, say wrestling on my YouTube. <laughs> It all goes back to stupid YouTube. <laughs> Damn it. So when I was talking to my VMP, Jesse, I had asked him if he had seen those videos, my Steve Wrestling, because when I was doing them, it was during the time where I was having so much fun, right? Like I was telling you, making it work, touche, to being pissed off and upset, <laughs> It's all there. And what's crazy is when I really get upset, I still have all that footage and I still need to edit it and I'm going to get to it. I promise it's coming. <clears throat> I'm just trying to get myself all organized over here. Now that I finally have a temporary solution for ShellySecretSociety.com, meaning um, I still have to use a somewhat of a platform and, um, you know, but it's just not sensory and things of that nature. I'm still going to end up hosting my own website, like me, me, Shelly. I just pay for the actual space online, and then I'm the one doing it all. But I just have to have someone build it the right way for me. So until then, at least I have a temporary solution, which, again, if you want to have an all-access pass, not just my sexy content, but also, you know, stuff like what I'm talking about. You know, I definitely share that kind of stuff with my secret society. Like, a lot of things that people get all shocked that I share, like, online or in podcasts or in public videos, it's so funny because my secret society is like, dude, she's been talking about that for a long time. But anyway, so I had to focus on that, and I had to focus on getting my blog site, ShellyMartinez.net, squared away as well. And now those things have come, like, it finally got there, you know, I'm getting my studio, it's almost there. So it's like little by little I'm getting there. And one of the things that I definitely want, can't wait to get back into are those damn save wrestling videos because I filmed all those moments, those vlogs, but I haven't watched anything back. You know what I mean? I haven't gone back. Like there's different times that I think about often and I'm like, dude, I have that footage. Like when the time is right and I'm editing, like, because it doesn't bother me that much where I'm like, let me go look. But I think about it, and I'm like, dude, it's going to be so crazy, like, so crazy. One in particular is, like, the last time I performed with LAX. I'm really interested in seeing the footage I got from that day because that was a very interesting day, to say the least. But um, that's when Jesse was like, yeah, you know, I watched them. I even watched your 365 days, and I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. So what I've done actually a couple times in my YouTube career is um, I've done a thing where it's like I vlog every day when I wake up, and I just, like, put it up, you know, very simple, whatever. And then there were times where, like, I would do the whole day or just little highlights of the day, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to do that again, but I don't want to bombard 
bombardment. My main channel. Uh, that shelling. I don't want to bombard it because, like, I definitely have some things like the save wrestling and things like that that are going to go on there. And even though I have a, you know, I don't have a big following on there or anything, but I, you know what? YouTube. And I'm going to make it my vlog channel because something that I'm doing is not only do I need to transfer all of my secret society stuff because I'm going to be leaving Patreon <clears throat> to my new site. But I also have to have it backed up to where when I finally have someone to build me a correct member site and then I run it, I'll have everything, right? <clears throat> so, um, you know, I was just like, maybe what I can do is, like, keep these Secret Society videos that I have on here. I'll keep them on there. And, um, you know, I'll keep them private. And then slowly I can just download them and then I won't lose them. So... I post a video already today. If you go on my Twitter, Shelly from Kelly, you can uh, check it out. It says day one. And what was interesting is when I was going through that Secret Society channel, I saw the last time I, like, really embraced doing – no, that, not the last – was it the last time? I think it was. But, yeah, I think that was. I'm not. If I'm not mistaken, that was the last time I tried to attempt to do the 365. And it's really – it's a lot of work. It's not like a lot, a lot of work. It's not hard, but it's like to just make sure you keep on top of it. Cause it's not like you can cue the videos up. It's like, no, today is day one on Tuesday, you know? So the reason why I did it back in the day was because a, I needed to get views on my channel to help monetize it. And then B, I was trying to reprogram myself. So I would get up at five o'clock in the morning and even in this video from five years ago, and for those people that tell me, you're not sad, you look great, go look at that video. I put it on my timeline. I said, this was day one, five years ago. That's my natural body. And when I looked like that, I was eating pasta, I was drinking wine, I ate bread, but I was a full-time wrestler. So I was burning a lot of calories, you know? So that's what I'm talking about, and bitch, that's what I'm trying to get back to. <laughs> so anyways, go check it out. It's on my timeline because I can't name that channel, which is going to be hopefully Shelly Martinez blog. Again, keeping it simple for everything. I'm trying to put everything Shelly Martinez, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So Shelly Martinez blog, and um, I, there's like quite a few that I put on there that were just secret society videos and I decided to release them and I haven't watched all of them yet. And that's when I was like, you know what? I want to watch these before like I put them out there. Not that I want to be like, Oh, what am I saying? But that was five years ago. (laughs) That was five years ago. And I'm really interested in revisiting Shelly McFlying, if you will, uh, to check that out. You know what I mean? And, it's going to be interesting. And then when I, when I finally get to those uh, Save Wrestling videos, that's going to be like a big trip. And I'll take you guys right along with me. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go on my Twitter. And I tweeted earlier, what do you guys want me to talk about? Let me see here. The last time I looked, there was no comment, which is typical. Very typical, but it's okay. Yeah, no comments. Ten likes, but no comments. But when I asked the same question on Instagram, 
I got some comments here, so let's get right into it. So we have Jason Geraldo. It looks like Geraldo, but it's not Gerardo. I'm so sorry, Jason, but your experience during these hard times of COVID-19 and how you've dealt with it. Any advice you can give your fans about staying safe? So here's what's interesting about my life. When everything went down with the corona, I was already kind of living a, in isolation and going back to my secret society, my secret society can vouch that I used to talk to them about how I would worry about myself because I didn't want to go outside because I just didn't want to deal with people. Like I just didn't want to go outside I thought something bad would happen if I'd go outside. I was just living in fear, agoraphobia. And it's something that, the last few years, I've been opening up to my secret society about, and um, not something I really talk about publicly, but, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it. It just doesn't come up. In my secret society, I really do, like, a lot of, uh, they see, it, like, more of me than public platforms, I guess you would say. So, for me, I was like, this is not good for my sick mind. <laughs> that already is like I don't want to leave my property I just want to stay home I don't want to talk to anybody I just like I don't want to leave and so for me and I work from home you know so for me in particular it's kind of like my bad is different than most people's bad because for me, it negatively affected me because it's almost like because of the corona and everyone having to, like, social distance and then when we're all on lockdown, it's like I've been living like that. So it was like I was getting permission to live my life in a way that I knew I wasn't living my life fullest. And it's crazy because, like, I'd have moments of it, right, when before the corona where, like, I go to concerts, I go to happy hour, I go to Universal Studios. Like, I do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I do things. And it's wine tastings, what it hikes. But when it comes to the daily, it's like there was a lot of times I couldn't even get myself to freaking get out of the house. Like, sometimes, like, in our old place, I wouldn't even leave our apartment. Like, you know? And it was bad for the nurses because they need their walk. And it just was like, it was bad. And so when everything went down, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was just finally getting better at all this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, my gosh, this sucks. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying that I didn't get affected. I mean, it sucks to not be able to, um, you know, get the things that you need and, and like, people acting all crazy and all this. But for my particular case, it just, it kind of messed with me mentally more because I felt like I was getting a pass for bad behavior that I already was working on, (laughs) if that makes any sense. And so realize though, and then here's the other thing too. I live with Metal Jesus and I live with Danielle. And they both had jobs that they still had to go to. They were essential workers. So for me, they, it wasn't like, oh, now Danielle's home or now Metal Jesus is home. It's like they still went to work. So 
for me, it was really no different. But I do understand how that could affect people who aren't used to that. And it's really interesting because it makes me think of different people who aren't used to that. And some of those people I was able to hear, like, how it's going for them. And some of them, it's good. And some of it, it's not. And as a whole, I think no matter who you are, where you're from, what your life is, this corona has affected each and every one of us in one way, shape, or form. And there's a lot of political debate and what's what and this and that, but it's like you take that away because, like, how are you going to know for sure, right? But what we do know for sure is that there's this thing, the corona, COVID-19, whatever, whatever, and it's forcing us as a society to change, and that's crazy. And for me, I'm very alternative. I have very alternative political views. Let's just say that. And for me, it's been kind of scary to kind of like my wrestling career. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of been scary to see what I believe was going to go on in life. And then people say that I was crazy or that'll never happen or, you know, that tinfoil hat wearing kind of thing. And then it's like, dang. And I've had people text me after certain things have happened and they're like, you called it. Like, and I didn't even say like, I told you so. It was kind of like, I didn't even say nothing. Cause it's like, it's not even, I told you so. It's like, I was just trying to enlighten you. So in saying that, it's been weird for me in that regard of, like, when I do share my feelings and beliefs and views, which I do pick and choose when I do that, uh, I've been labeled as, simply put, a tinfoil hat kind of person, which is fine. I embrace it. I talk about it all the time. I joke about it all the time because it's true. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, tinfoil hat. So it's messed with me like that as well. And then... I know people personally, and then you can see it around you, how the economy is just being so effed right now, and people and people not having food. They can't even feed themselves or their families. It's tough. It's like, it's just crazy. And so it's just like this whole cocktail of the corona sucks. But, you know, I'm a firm believer with good, there's bad, and with bad, there's good. So, I don't know. I don't even know if that's what Jason wanted me, like what he was asking. <laughs> and then my tip is, like, you know, people just wear your mask. What, it doesn't matter, like, what you believe. You can, I mean, it does matter. You have your beliefs. That's cool. It's fine. But when you're required, like everybody else is, you're not being singled out. You're being required because that's what's going on right now to wear a mask. Just do it. Just do it. You can totally think it's BS. You could totally be like, you could feel like your rights are being taken and it's this and that, that I get it. I get it. I get it. But 
just put your mask on when you go into like the stores and things like that. Like if, if there's a sign that says a mask is required and you don't feel like it's their right to tell you that, then don't go there then. Okay. Just shop online, Postmates, Uber Eats, Instacart, boom, you don't have to wear a mask and you get what you need. So if you feel that much about them, boycott, be like, fine. I will just do it this way then, or whatever. But do come on. And the fights, come on. Like, get it together, people. And if you can't get it together, that sucks to be you because you're robbing yourself from life and living because life isn't perfect and there's a lot of shit that goes on in life, but you're still alive here. You still have it. You're still breathing. You still, a lot of these people who are being all bitchy and getting into sometimes physical fights over, like, all this stuff, it's like you can physically get in a fight. You should be grateful because there's some people that can't even stand up right now. There's some people who they're just out. They're done. They're in their last days. So, like, come on. Anyway. <laughs> then we have Big Time Bry. Your time in OVW coming up with the likes of Molina, Jillian, etc. Had a great time Tuesday shells. Oh, have a great Tuesday shells. Um, man, we're already at four o'clock. There's a lot of things to be talked about here. So okay, so I'll try to make it quick. Okay. Um, you know, Molina and I did start together, so it was really awesome, even though when I did go to OVW, she was kind of on her, or she was on her way out, because she was, you know, with Eminem, and they were blowing up, so it was cool, though, because it's almost like Molina, because she had been there in OVW before I was there, she was able to get to know people and all this, it was it was really cool. Like, it, I felt like I was ahead in the game a little bit because, you know, people like Jillian who were friends with Molina, um, you know, it's like she – I knew right away that I could trust Jillian because how Molina talked about her. You know what I mean? And same thing with Beth. And so it was – I felt like I really had a cool upper hand that a lot of people, like, that really don't know what they're getting themselves into when they go there, um, you know, whether it was OVW or Deep South, you know, it's kind of scary. So it was cool to have Molina kind of usher me in, you know. And Jillian, you know, I have a special relationship with her. I just love Jillian. She's been there for me and seen a lot of my weird moments. And... I think that's a true friend when you like, you can have a friend that has seen you in good times and in bad times, but no matter what, they just love you and want the best for you. And that's how I feel about mine and Jillian's relationship. I wish she was in California though. I would definitely hang out with her all the time. Now we have, oh gosh, we have one O Eddie and he said, I want to be with you. I love you. So I wrote back, actually, because I saw that earlier. I said, how is this relevant to what I post with the eye-rolling emoji? Now, I know some people would say, who cares? Just ignore it. No. If he's going to put the time out there to say that, no, I'm, I'm going to be petty and say something back. 
And then um, Kyle Mayhew, 456, says wedgies, uh, laugh emoji, uh, tongue out emoji. And then I wrote back with a weird, like the straight face emoji. Then we have Chris Barra Clouds, 1985, says sexy lady. And I said, you want me to talk about a sexy lady? Which one? (laughs) And then we have Jesse K. Eighty-one uh, FTW. What up, Jesse? What is your best match ever? Now that's a hard one. That's what she said. And um, I don't have time to get into that one today. I'm definitely gonna have to make a note to talk about that because it's not just one match. Kind of like how I broke it down to you guys about like these different timelines in my wrestling career. That's why I can't say what was better. The same thing with these matches. Like my best matches. Like, my best match is, like, eclectically a bunch of matches. You know what I mean? I hope that makes sense. So, there you go on that. And then on Twitter, I had asked you guys what you always wanted to know about me. And that one seemed to have a better reaction. I got – how many comments did I get on this one? Um, I don't know. I thought it said the number, but let's just get into it. So we have at the big veto brand. What's up, veto? Missing misses. I freaking love, love, love big veto's wife, Noelle. She's become my online BFF. He says a lot of stuff, things, a lot of stuff. Okay, veto. <laughs> um, at Tiger King 2222 says, you're kind of an open book, to be honest. True, but there's still things that people probably are curious about. At good old Stellar Steven says, thoughts on WWE catering versus Impact or other catering? I prefer WWE's catering. Um, nothing against the Impact one, but at WWE, uh, I just became friends with the catering department, and they would get me the things I'd like. I talked about on here before. Uh, I would ask them – one time I asked them if they ever – could have Diet Dr. Pepper and Wheat Thins, and then from then on on TV day, they would give me that. So that was cool. And um, I don't know. They had mashed potatoes a lot. I don't know. I just really liked WWE's catering more than Impact's. All right. At Yogi C says, if you can live any fairy tale, which one would it be? Well, not to sound cheesy, but it would be the Little Mermaid, and that's actually the story I have with Metal Jesus. Long story short, as I can make it, uh, we met. It was mysterious. I left. He found me, so I kind of am living my fairy tale. So, um, at Stiller Steven, how did you get work in Germany, and what made it great to work there? Uh, huh. How did I first get the gig in Germany? Who I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, I think Kevin Thorne got me the gig the first time. Because the first time I was there was with Kevin. And I loved it because the people that uh, brought me in and my handlers and everything, they were really cool. Um, I still keep in touch with them. They always treated with me respect, showed me a good old time. 
you know, the things I signed up for wrestling for, you know, that's the experience that they gave. They lived up to that experience. And that's why I ended my uh, career over there at good old Germany. Schultz. Oh, my homegirl at Sonia. M-A-F-S. If you remember Sonia, she was on Married at First Sight a couple, a couple seasons back. And uh, we, I actually interviewed her, me and Danielle, for my Wake and Bake morning show, which is coming back. And um, you guys will be able to hear it because I'm going to be moving everything over and uh, those episodes will be available to everyone. So I can't wait to get back into that. But she says, how do you remain so kind and supportive always? I guess more of a comment. I think you're amazing. Oh, hold on. I got a tweeter. So, Here's the thing. I'm just in short now that I'm thinking of it. Okay. The reason why, what what keeps me to stay kind? I know this is sound cheesy, everyone, but that's just what God wants me to do. And whenever I do, whenever I keep poor to, I just have to not show cast judgment. And to show kindness, it always works out for me. Like, that's just me. That's my vibe. I love the Lord. And that's how I've always, since I was a little girl, tucked in the back of my freaking heart is, like, I just have to be kind. And it kind of gets me in trouble sometimes. Like, for example, oh, my gosh, okay? I wasn't even going to talk about this, but it fits. So long story short as I can make it, many years ago, um, I had this like super fan and we kind of had this like falling out and it was really weird. We've had like a couple falling out. And the reason why that like I would always end up giving this fan a chance was because like I was just trying to be kind because their situation in life wasn't easy and they had, some, you know, disabilities and things. And so I was just trying to be kind. And then when we had a big, um, I guess you would say, blowout, um, no, I'm sorry, before we had our big blowout, this person told me that they were going to have the surgery. I think I talked about this on here before, that they were going to have this surgery and they weren't going to be around for a while. And so kindness, because <laughs> I cared, I was like, he's a supportive fan, you know, whatever, whatever. And um, and he's been a fan since, like, I met him when I was Ariel in WWE, right? So that goes back a long ways. And um, I didn't hear back, and then, like, he blocked me on things, and I was just like, I don't understand. Like, I just want to know if he made it out of surgery. Did he die? You know, I talk about my death anxieties all the time. I was like, did he die? Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my goodness. What's up? And honestly, truth be told, that's none of my business, and I shouldn't care. But going back to, like, how she's asking about the kindness, it's like, it gets me in trouble because then I'm like, dude, and so recently I reached out to this person because I thought, you know what? I thought of the situation as a whole and I thought, 
I would feel better. Like my, we've talked about on here, my name is Earl and how I have my Shelly list of karma. I thought, you know what, because like to make this right with this person, I really want to like settle the by like giving them this free membership to my OnlyFans premium for a year. I'm just going to be upfront with you guys for a year, you know, just as a way to be like, whatever, whatever, during the time of my life that you were there, you were so supportive, and I just want to pay that kindness forward, even though we've had all these blowouts. And I didn't say this to them. This was just my, my way of thinking. And I think it's, like, kind of the right thing to do, Right. And so they were, like, excited about it. They got back with me about it. But then they got all weird again. And then before I knew it, I was like, here I am again, all stressed out, and I don't understand. Like, this is stupid. So it's not – it sucks because it's not always easy being kind because you get screwed over, it seems. But it's not really a screwed over. It's like a life lesson. And it's not like this person totally disrupted my peace. It was just like a moment, like, for 10 minutes and then I moved on that's why like I didn't even think I would talk about it because like I moved forward I haven't thought about it since so it's like my kindness does bite me in the butt but you know what I never regret it because even though maybe a situation or outcome ended up hurting my feelings in some way shape or form I still don't regret showing kindness because it doesn't cost you anything to be kind except your energy and effort And I don't know, because, like, here's the thing, because I'm thinking about it deeply now. I was going to say, when you do kind acts and kind things and show people kindness, it, like, can rejuvenate you and recharge your soul. But then I kind of thought, well, that kind of sounds like, oh, you want to do these things just to rejuvenate your soul. But that's not even it. Like, this thing with this guy, it wasn't like, oh, I want to feel better about myself, so I'm going to do this. I was just like, you know what? I don't know why, like, this guy keeps popping up in my head. And when I think about him, I'm choosing to think about all the times he's been so supportive. And, you know, when Danielle and I were super broke, he would get things off my wish list and things like that. So it's like, I wasn't doing it to be like, oh, or I just want to cross them off my list. I just genuinely thought, you know what? This would just make me feel better. Like, this doesn't make me feel better. Like, I think that this is the right thing to do. It doesn't cost me anything except time and effort to make this free for a year code, which is easy to do. OnlyFans makes it easy. So I was like, I'm just like, feel better about it. And I want him to feel better about it. Like, it's all good. So I think but what I've learned through all of that is you learn to have boundaries. And you learn how to not waste your energy on people, but you could still show kindness to people, if that makes sense. And I think that's how the supportiveness comes from. It's like, you can still show kindness. You can still be even friendly with people, but that doesn't mean they get to be in your world. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes people think that being kind is being too intimate. 
But I say, hey, screw it. Have a little intimacy. Show some weakness and vulnerability because I'm telling you, there's going to be a time where you need some kindness thrown your way. And that's the thing, too, is, like, that's, that's the big kicker now that I think of it. I've just been through a lot in my life. And there was times where all I needed was kindness. And when I was in those times, damn it, there was somebody there, whether it was a stranger or someone I knew, simple act to a marvelous act of kindness and everything in between. Like, I know how that feels. So if me just genuinely sending someone positive energy, some way, shape, or form, like in the situations, that positive vibes was making this free code for this dude. Or, hey, maybe even this. Like, if I don't ever talk to that guy ever again, at least he knows that, like, it's cool, positive vibes. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's where that supportiveness comes into. And then you're able to, like, even if it's a stranger, if you, you show kindness even just to a stranger, you're, like, supporting mankind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know this sounds so cheesy, but it's the truth, man. Anyways, oh, my gosh, I have some – I actually have questions, and I'm, like, two hours deep. All right, now we have Stellar Stevens, signature or favorite move to execute? Hmm. I don't know about that. I loved my uh, shell shock, which is an inverted quesadora bulldog into kind of like an X factory um, deal. So, hold on. That one definitely my favorite, um, but not everyone can do it. So uh, there you have it. There's the answer to that one. And then um, favorite traveling partners. Ooh, that's a whole other podcast. Favorite snacks. Hmm, it depends on my. It depends on my mood. I do love cheese it, but I can't eat cheese it all the time. So, snack a go to snack is I do eat hummus a lot. I love hummus. Um, I love fruit. Um, let's see here. What else is a snack? I don't know. I kind of, I haven't been snacking as much. Popcorn. I love popcorn. Oh, give me some popcorn. I love popcorn. Uh, Let's see here. Did you include biting in your matches as Ariel? Um, Not when I was in WWE, but definitely when I played that character on shows, I did. Okay, now we have at DJ M, is it Maggot? M-G-G-O-T-1. Was doing the fangs, hair, and makeup every week and or house show a pain? I got to think some shows you just said screw it and didn't do fangs or get fully done up. No, I actually loved it. Um, I don't know why, but I just was shunned upon in the makeup department in WWE. At TNA, they were very nice. And if anything, they were like, they loved that I liked playing with my makeup. So they were really awesome. But the ones in WWE, not so much. And uh, maybe it was a personality thing. I don't know. Maybe she just didn't like my personality. Who knows? So I would do it myself. And to me, it was like a way for me to kind of just 
escape whole like WWE world and just be in my own vibe. I put my music on. Nothing's changed. I still do that now to this day. Um, I put my music on, get in my vibe, think about whatever. You know, I just, it was part of the process. You know what I mean? So it it wasn't a pain ever to me. The only pain I had was I would use the things that I still use today, which are the ones that you can get like at the Halloween stores and stuff where you put like adhesive onto the thing and then you um, kind of mold it to your teeth. So it was really annoying when those would pop out or I had issues with it, whereas Kevin actually had the retainer that like they molded to his mouth. Now, I don't remember if he got that on his own or what, but I'd like to know why no one offered that to me. <laughs> like, okay, if they didn't pay for it and he went out of his way, how come Kevin never was like, hey, I'm getting these things. You should get some too. Or do you want to know the guy? Like, no one ever said anything to me. That's kind of sucky, but whatever. Um, at Arthur Marriott says, were you a wrestling fan before you got into the wrestling business? I actually was. I was in and out of it since I was little. However, I would say I'm more of the Attitude Era kind of fan. Oh, CM Punk. Why did his? Why were his eyes blue? Why were they blue in my memory? That Mandela effect. My gosh. What's your favorite game show? Hmm. Hmm. I do love me some Little Fortune. Um, I love Little Fortune. I love Press Your Luck. I think it's fun that they brought that one back. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy stuff. Um, but I would have to say, even though I haven't watched it in a long time, for a good portion of my life, something I'd watch consistently. So like Wheel of Fortune, Press Your Luck, oh, if it's on, whatever. But something I'd go out of my way to watch, you bet your sweet ass, every morning at 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, we got the Price is Right. And Danielle and I have been in the audience of Price is Right a couple, a time or two, a time or two. <laughs> so even though I don't watch it anymore, that one was been in my life for a long time. Okay, so now we have at Blazing Kids Test one. I'm sorry if I'm messing that up. Will you ever see your see you? Will we ever see you back in an LEX reunion? Really loved your character in TNA. Oh my goodness, I talked about that earlier about that last time I was with them. Uh, no, you won't see that. At Fearless Nick says, "What is your all-time favorite movie?" Now it's hard because I do love me some Back to the Future. Um, I do love me some Goonies. Um, what's another one I watched? Like all Ferris Bueller, uh, Police Academy, um, Uncle Buck. Like you know, all pretty much eighties and nineties movies. Legally Blonde. Um, but when I say I have to say what my favorite movie is ever, I always say it's a tie, and that tie is an affair to remember with Deborah Kerr and Cary Grant. And then the other one is the infamous One Crazy Summer with uh, Demi Moore, Bobcat Goldwig, um, Curtis Armstrong, and John Cusack. So I had between an affair to remember and One Crazy Summer, I will pick One Crazy Summer. At Broadcaster X, what classic sitcom would you have wanted to guest star role in? Ooh, that's tough. 
because you know I'd make a good rival for Kelly Bundy. I would also make an awesome monster. Um, I also would be an awesome friend. I'd also be at Monk's over there having some coffee with Jerry, Elaine, and George at Seinfeld. And I wouldn't mind having some tea with Sheldon Cooper over there. At the, and who can be over there hanging out with Lucy and Ethel on Isla Lucy? So those are just songs throwing it out there, but I can't pick one. It depends on my mood. At Jason James says, how did you get to be so awesome? It's been a lot of work. <laughs> At Eurobaby, would you be prepared to do a vlog while laying in a casket dressed as Ariel? Maybe. When I was Ariel, I remember something that they did grant me in my short stench there, um, me pulling my ECW vixen card, if you will, is um, I told them I would love to do a photo shoot in a casket. And like the next TV taping, they had a casket. And that's when I did that photo shoot where I'm laying in the casket. Really awesome photo and I stole the flowers from that shoot, and I have them to this day. Uh, at Chivo Raider says, Hablas Espanol? Poquito. Uh, at NFL Bleed, favorite wrestling move? Well, I talked about what my finisher, my favorite finisher move, favorite wrestling move. Huh. You know what? Ooh, I know what my favorite wrestling move is. The head scissors. I've had some people that have based me so good for a good head scissors. It's like I was flying. It was amazing. And then we have, I have to click on this one because at What A Day Joe says, would you come on What A Day podcast? No. At Mr. Voice says, why are you so different than all the other actress model types that I meet at other various events and conventions? I'm not sure. At Cool Study says, how do you stay so sweet, caring, beautiful young lady? Would you date a fan? I'm not always so sweet. I'm not always so caring, beautiful. And I'm definitely not a young lady. But uh, I have my moments. And I am not on the market. I have been in a very serious, committed relationship with Metal Jesus for a very long time. Um, At Digital Nomad Art says, would you rather be rich and unknown or famous and poor? Uh, Famous and poor. Oh, you know what? Rich and unknown. No, I'm like, okay. Because I'm thinking of it differently, okay? I'm thinking famous and poor, meaning I feel like right now I'm like F-list famous but it's there's a lot of people that have never been even F-less famous. It's like right below the D-list. So I already feel like I'm famous and poor. But so I was like, well, what I'm living right now, that was in my head. But I was like, wait, if I can be rich and unknown, I would be – because even though I'm F-less, poor, you know what? Now I'm thinking real deep about this. I like this digital moment art. I'm not poor anymore, though. I used to be but I'm not anymore. I'm busting my ass over here, my dot-com life. And I'm finally not poor anymore. But you know what? I might not be rich, 
but I'm very much unknown to the mainstream world. And that's what my whole point was when I got tripped up with this question is I'm finally making more than I did on the indies and more than I did in TNA. Um, and like, I'm not too, like, I say I'm making like half of what I did in WWE, which to me was really good money. It was really good money for me, that WWE money. And I was at the bottom of the totem pole. So I can't even imagine what some people make because, and that's probably why it gets a little nasty and messy sometimes because like I stayed in my lane. I didn't ask anyone what they're they're making or whatever. I was very happy with what I was making. And, um, you know, I feel like if I keep hustling the way I am and I keep continuing to live that dot-com life, I'll get there. Hopefully, you know, by the end of the year, that's the goal. But um, so I kind of feel like I am, I'm rich in life, but it's true because I finally have my own studio, which I'm still fixing up. So I haven't even begun to embrace it. I finally live in a house. I don't live in an apartment building anymore, which is fine, but it's just really cool to not have to be in an apartment anymore. I have a car. Danielle still lives with me. I still have Fred Mertz. I'm still with Metal Jesus. Um, I'm not struggling anymore. And I do what I love. So I know I like make fun and say, but like I really am doing, and I think it's really cool because this is kind of how I felt like when I first got hired with WWE. And then when I first got, got hired with WWE, and then when I first went on the road. Because when I first got hired with WWE, even though it wasn't like a lot of money, it was it was decent, especially in Kentucky. That dollar goes a long way, more so than California. So there was that. And then when I made that WWE money and I was able to get myself out of debt, like that was so cool. Like I got myself out of debt. And like I was doing what I loved. And it was, it was such a cool feeling. Yeah, there was you know, things you got to deal with. That's just freaking life. Just like now, there's other things I have to deal with that I didn't have to before, but man, nothing beats being home these last few years, especially with Ethel in the last of her life and being here with Fred and, you know, just being able to still have Danielle with me. It's just been awesome. So damn it. I'm just living my best life. Digital nomad art. (laughs) At Vincent, Z of 1414 says, sizes. Sizes of what? Um, at Mr. Allen Brindley says, do you wear smashing blouses? Sometimes. Um, let's see here. Oops. And then we have at TNT Pro Wrestling 1. The question is, wait, the question I have is, who was the first match against why you wanted to become a wrestler? What? Who? Wait. The question I have is, who was your first match against? And oh, it must be and why you wanted to become a wrestler. My first match was against Melina, and um, I know it sounds really stupid, you guys, but even though I was a fan and everything in wrestling, I just knew that, that was my future. That was what I was supposed to do. At Brett nineteen sixty nine two says, why in the hell did WWE let go? You had such a perfect look, gimmick everything needed to make make big in the company so WTF um I can't speak for them I can only tell you what my opinion is 
And my opinion is, is they looked at me as a troublemaker. So they got rid of me. Um, at Ban Jamin says, who is Shelly Martinez? Me. And if you're saying, who is Shelly Martinez? Me, bitch. But if you're saying, who is Shelly Martinez? Me, bitch. <laughs> at Slow Mo King Coop says, you finally, pro- wait, you finally, what's wrong with me? You've probably been asked this before, but was there a certain match that made you want to become a perfect? A professional wrestler. Um, no, but I've talked about this a lot before. Um, seeing Cindy Locker in WWF back in the day was very um, enticing to me. I loved it. Um, you know, it was just one of those things that was enchanted by her already. So it made sense and it kind of pushed me to want to do it more. So there's that, and then here's the thing. I got in a conversation with at dmania49, and he says, I want to know if you remember someone, but I'd rather tell you their name privately. Then I said, who? Then he said, can you DM me? I'll give you their name. I said, no. Okay, I just didn't want to put their names in your social media because they're friends with your cousin. It's like, I don't understand. Then... I don't understand why this dude, if he doesn't feel comfortable saying the person's name publicly when I ask, what do you want to know about me? I don't understand why. It's like you're just trying to bait me to, like, DM you. Like, I don't know why you would even bring it up. If you don't want to say their name publicly, then why even say anything at all? That's just my thought, but whatever. And then we have at King Spider 30. What was your favorite video game as a kid? Definitely Mario Brothers 3, uh, Crash Bandicoot. I love me some Metal, Metal Gear Solid. And then at Matt Kalinka says, Are oh, you going to go my way? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Probably not. So that's what you guys had to say on there. I can't believe that we're already an hour and a half in. I'm going to take your calls really quick. And then I got I got stuff to do here, people. But thank you so much for um, connecting with me online, you guys. Uh, any questions that you may post after or already went off live, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll get to them. Maybe not. Maybe you're going to have to ask me again next week when I tweet, what do you guys want me to talk about? <laughs> All right, we have caller 804 on the line. Where you, what's your name and where are you from? Hey, this is Stellar Steven from Virginia. Hey, Stellar Steven, how's it going? Oh, good. Uh, thanks for reading my tweets earlier. Um, I did want to ask you maybe one or two questions uh, before I let you go. Um, was there any wrestlers that you wish you could have worked with, either past or present? Oh, yeah. Uh, I wish that I could have worked with uh, Taylor Hendricks. I wish I could have worked with, um, let's see. I, I'm i so sorry if I mess her name up. Is it Taya Valkyrie? Is that how you say her name? Yeah, I believe you got it right. Yeah, yeah. Taya Valkyrie. Yeah, okay. okay. Because, like, the way I met her was, like, 
her not being her wrestling persona, but her in her real life. So, like, in my mind, I know, like, I want to call her by her real name, not her wrestling name. Okay, so I think her and I would have had amazing matches. Um, I wish I could have worked with Chelsea Green. Um, nice. I wish I could have wor- worked with, let me see who else. There's quite a few, actually. Um but there's girls that I ended. Oh, you know who I would have been an awesome tag team partner with is Scarlett. I think her and I would have been really good tag team. Like I think we could have been like Especially all spooky and yeah, yeah. Like we could have been really. And she she's one of my favorite people that I've met. Like going back to the Indies. Um, I mean, I've only been around her a few times, but we've had some amazing conversations, and it's just really awesome to see like. Um, you know, people get their moment and shine and just take it and run. And that's just what she's doing. And so like positive vibes to her, but I think her and I would have been a really cute like thing. And then we could have turned on each other, but then we could have got that, you know, one of those things. That's when you have gold, when it's like, you can tag team with them. You could turn on each other. You could tag team again and turn on, you just can keep doing it. Like, I just love when you can have that kind of relationship with uh, people um, Soraya Knight, I Friendly. wish I could have wrestled her for sure, for sure, for sure. Like, and she's another one I could have been a tag team with, turned on, been a tag team with. She turns on me, like we could have eaten that one up big time. Um, those are the ones that come to mind right now. Uh, would you work with Paige since you mentioned Soraya? I would, I would, but you know, I just. Her mom, I don't know, man. Something <laughs> about her. Intense. I just like, yeah, I just like, I just feel, because I don't know. Do you know what it is? Here's what it is. I used to, when I had my website back in the day, shallymartinez.org, which was uh, a member site I had. And one of my fun time gang, is what I used to call them, um, would send me matches that she had. And she was just the biggest freaking heel, and I just loved it. And I remember after getting introduced to her stuff, because I didn't know, and then when I got introduced to her stuff, I remember I worked in, I believe it was Oregon, and I was a heel manager. And for me, sometimes people worry that I can't, like, that people aren't going to perceive me as a heel because, like, they're like, oh, it's Ariel or whatever, you know? So, I love when they're like, oh, when they say that to me, because I take it like a challenge, like, oh, bitch, it's on. So what I ended up doing is there was this guy, young guy in the crowd. And when I came out, the crowd went crazy and I had this little sexy outfit on. And then he had a dollar bill and he was waving it. And I had just been introduced to all of her stuff and how raw she was. So I went over to him and I acted like I was all into it. And I took his dollar And I started ripping it up and everyone was like, what? And then I put it in my (laughs) mouth and I spit it on them. And so (laughs) there was that. And then I had another match because, again, of that energy that I saw her. And I was like, yes, dude. And I had this match where um, the girl that I was wrestling, people at that particular town, um, they weren't really behind her as like a baby face or heel. They were just kind of like whatever. And um, so I really had to heal it up, you know, because I wanted people to hate me. So I went, the guy, he had his hot dog, 
and like he was just talking crap so I got right in his face and I just started dreaming him and he was drunk so he was getting so upset and he just couldn't believe that I had the balls to get in his face and he was right back in it and I grabbed his hot dog and I started smashing it up and I threw it on the ground and people were like oh my god and then he had his beer and I flipped it <laughs> but it's because I was like, oh, I can be like that in wrestling after seeing her. So that's why I really think that I could have had something cool with her because without even meeting her, just watching her matches that my fun time gang member sent me, I it lit something in me to where it was like, Oh yes, let me be a heel, please. <laughs> I got a, a couple more names, uh, Jessica Havoc and Luna Vachon. Um, You know, I what are your Luna thoughts a little on them? Um, she was very nice to me. Um, she, my interactions with her were not that, you know, pretty limited, but I don't know. It's just so crazy. And I remember um, the first time I went to Germany, wait, was it? The, no, the second time I went to Germany. Um, I was there and so was Gangrel and I was in the bar of where we were staying with Gangrel and it was just me and him and he kind of opened up to me about her about a lot of things and it just made so much sense how I already had felt about her even though my um, interactions with her were kind of limited because it's like our energies just got each other and I just think that's really cool and I wish that I could have worked with her because I feel like because we had this connection outside of the ring, I feel that inside of the ring, it would have just been like magic. Yeah, I think that'd be a great matchup, but I think um, I'm able to try it out on video games. But, um, and also I wanted to ask you, uh, you you mentioned tinfoil hat kind of like, uh, comments <laughs> earlier. Is there a favorite conspiracy theory that you kind of uh, think about a lot? I wouldn't say research? it's my favorite. <laughs> the conspiracy <laughs> theories that I tend to feel make sense, let's just say that, are not things that are my favorite of anything. They're not cool things. They suck. <laughs> right. Um, okay. But I don't know. My mouth gets me in trouble, so I just rather not talk about all that because I'll get in trouble somehow. Maybe behind the paywall. <laughs> <laughs> if I wear yellow in my next Instagram post, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> one last thing. Uh, Back to the Future one or two. It's really hard because Back to the One, Future One is pretty darn near perfect. But I love number two more for a couple of reasons. One, you get to revisit the first one. Two, right. not only do you get to revisit the first one, but you get to do that butterfly effect of like, what if this would have just one little thing could have changed everything kind of thing. And that's just how I've always thought since I was little, like, what if, what if, what if? So I like that. And then three, let's not forget, let's please, please not forget the infamous scene where Marty 
goes to try to get the the sports almanac, and there is a like feature extra guy in the actor named I think he took his wallet. Hey, I took his wallet. <laughs> I think he took his wallet, and that is classic. You just took that guy's wallet. I think he took his wallet. <laughs> it is just awesome. And I remember the first time I talked about how much I loved about uh, loved it on Twitter. I was so excited that there was a gift already for it because I was like kind of worried it wouldn't be there because they're not always there. And um, I dove in more into Wesley Mann's career. I even watched an interview of his a while back where um, he talks about his audition for uh, that role and um, the day of the shoot for that role and how fast it was, but then people always remember it. And he's very theatrical, a theater actor, and um, I just love him. I think he's awesome, and uh, he he follows me. Thank you very much now on Twitter. So I just think it's awesome that I think he took his wallet. He took his wallet. Like I just love <laughs> that he follows me. Like that guy follows me and interacts with me. So I get it when fans get all excited about me interacting and that's why I interact as much too is because there's people who are like Wesley Mann or whoever that I enjoy and I'm pretty stuck up on who I follow so if I follow you like that's a big deal like I don't just follow anyone like you know and like I don't know I just get a kick out of when these people who I care to follow mention me or like something I write or follow me back it's just so awesome so i i'm totally with all of you guys on that oh that's uh that's great that he you know that you interacted with me man uh i really like crispin glover so maybe i have some leaning more favoritism towards the first one because there is uh a dispute with glover having his likeness used on the second one without him but um I enjoy, you know, the whole trilogy, but uh, uh, Crispin Glover is one of my favorite actors, so it's, you know, uh, it is what it is. But um, I want to thank you for the time and, you know, reading my tweets, and I'll let you go since you uh, did a long one today. All right. Well, you have a good rest of your week. Thank you. You too. Adios. And up next, we have caller 702. What's your name and where are you from? Balcomania, Shelly, sexy Shelly. Uh, I want to know. Brother, how's it going over there? You're kissing yourself real nice and cool, brother. Yeah. Are you? What you going to do? Top on it. Shelly Martinez. Look out for the beauty that runs wild all over. Oh, yeah. I want to know if you and Metal Jesus, me and David Arquette, are doing this premiere. You can't kill David Arquette. If you're in the Southern California area, he's not putting me up in a hotel room for four days. He's paying for it himself. I told Dave when the tickets go on sale for the Raider games to the public here in Las Vegas that he gets every seat for free, all the things he's done for me. He took me to the Mob Museum for his movie Mob Town last year. I met all the cast members except Robert Downey. He was back in New York. Um, And he's just been my best he's my best friend and Shelly we are going to call ourselves we're not wrestlers we're actors he's, he was a wrestler I'm not a wrestler but he we're I'm going to be an actor I'm going to drama class in Idaho in about two weeks 
when I moved there permanently. Oh. And we're going to be oh, okay. the Hollywood mega powers. He's going to be the madness, and I'm going to be the mania, brother. <sighs> and and <laughs> I want to Shelly, when they give me that microphone Friday night, I spent over 10 years in the Army in communication. And when you get – I was on the Tonight Show and did a Hulk Hogan impression, and I broke the microphone, and they were wondering if they were going to go silent that night. They had Katy Perry and her band. It was October 6, 2008, and Gerard Butler, the Scottish actor. And I, I just want to do – I don't care about the money. I don't care about the fame, Shelly. I just like to perform in front of people. When I used to do the mega parts from my buddies before uh, uh, PT in the morning at Fort Benny back in 93, uh, it used to get them juiced. You know, and I, I just want, I, I want to do this. And Shelly, um, if you and your boyfriend, Metal Jesus, want to go to a game here in Reliance Stadium in the future when they sell the tickets, the tickets are on me, all the nice things you've done for me. You can All both right. go. All, all the Shelly Live listeners are vouchers that you said. Malcolm Ernie, I said, brother. <laughs> and Shelly, um, I want to know if you and Metal Jesus want to meet me out in Burbank at the uh, Bob, Hope, Bob Hope Airport Marriott Marquis. It used to be the airport Hilton, but it's the Marriott Marquis now. And it's the Hollywood show. And four ladies, Jean Hale and Sharon Winters, Terry Moore, and another lady, they were hench girls on Bat- the Batman TV show. And if you guys want to come out and meet them with me, David Arquette's going to try to make it to this event with me, too, if he's not busy. Uh, but I'm Very just doing cool. So many, you know, and if you, you guys want to come out and meet me, you know, we can t- I'm paying for photo ops with Frankie Avalon. I'm going to meet Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees. He's got this great song, song going to buy me a dog. You know, that just makes me laugh. Him and Davy Jones are just cracking me up on this song when I listen to it. It's from their first album back in 66. Nice. And, uh, nice. Shelly, real quick, I think you're a beautiful lady. I have no interest in you because you have a boyfriend. But there's a lady I've known since I was on a Hollywood show in April 2009. It is her birthday today. She is the lady I dream about every night. She's the lady that I'd marry today if I could if she didn't wanted me to, even though I haven't dated her yet, because I love Max Loss. I call her Maximania. So I want to tell everybody around the world, to me, not you, Shelly, but just to me, she is the most beautiful young lady in the world. She's about two years younger than me. And Maximania Wassa, happy birthday from me. All right, there you have it, straight from Malcomania. <laughs> well, you have a good rest of your week, amigo, and uh, call me next week. Tell your tell your uh, your uh, boyfriend Metal Jesus I said hello. Give him a high five for me. I please. will. Okay. A high five is coming. <laughs> Bye. No. All right, and we have one more caller, and then we're gonna wrap this biatch up. We have caller three o four. What's your name, and where are you from? Uh, this is Brian from West Virginia. The big time Brian. Hi, Shelly. Big time Brian in the house. Full of facts. What's going on, amigo? Oh, not much. I'm just chilling, relaxing. A day off work. I had three days in a row off. I got to go back tomorrow. Listen to the show. Decide to call oh, in. Well, I thanks for reading my my question much. on the air. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna have to like 
do a video of some sorts or something to talk more in depth about all that because I don't know, I really feel that <clears throat> if I didn't have the connections that I did with like Molina and with oh there goes Fred Ping, it's that time. And with oh, Jillian <laughs> I feel like I I feel like I really would have lost my mind more than I did. You know what I mean? So those gals yep. are really special to me because, you know, all of us at that time in our life, we were just like trying to make it, you know, um, kind of while they're in it, even though we all had our own like thing going on, like Melina had the M&M and then Jillian had different things going on as well. I had my thing going on. So it's like, even though we had different, like, I guess you would say, details of what we were doing it was all one and the same and I know that there's some people that kind of don't have a support group like that when they're in wrestling especially when they're on tv and like that kind of changes things you know what I mean so I just I'm so that's why I want to like elaborate on what you would ask because I feel like that was such a cheap answer to a couple of gals that I really just think the world of you know what I mean Oh yeah, they're they're both awesome. I've never met Melina, but I've met Jillian. She's my favorite, probably four or five times. She doesn't live very far from me, probably an hour and a half, two hours from me. Oh, cool. She lives in Kentucky. I think she lives in right outside Ashland. That's where she's from. So she's doing really well. She's got a, a cute little baby girl. She's getting married, so she's really happy so now. Cute. So that's awesome. Yep. So like I said, I I was thinking of questions to ask. And that one came up. And another question I have is, what's the most satisfying aspect about connecting with your fans and your secret society, which, which I'm a part of? And you do an awesome job of that, and you rock. What's your favorite part of that? You know what my favorite part is, is that it can just be myself. Like, I don't have to be a character, even though I like to play around, like, with shoots or whatever, or, like, with my sexy content. Like, that's one thing. But it really makes me feel good that, like, at any given time, if something's bothering me or I just need to talk about something, like, there's, like, been times I've, you've seen, I've posted videos where I look like I just rolled out of bed. But it's, like, it's not even about that. Like, it doesn't matter that I don't look perfect and all this because I'm not. Nobody is. And I feel that my secret society, like, it was such a trip to see today a video that's on that, that I released today from five years ago because it's like wow that was five years ago like I've been doing the secret society for a long time now and yes I really feel that with doing my secret society that's really helped me kind of like with Julian and Melina at that time in my life like help me not lose myself too much or whatever because the things that would bother me or whatever, my secret society, they're always there to just support, you know? And there's been times where I just needed a little support. Like, it didn't need to be much, just a little bit of support. And to be, like I said, just being myself and, like, having an audience that, you know, we have, like, the live streams and everything, and we all chit-chat, and I get to hear your guys' point of views about things. You guys get to hear my point of view. And, and it's really cool because, like, all of my secret society are dudes. So when I do hear your guys' point of view on something or your thoughts, it's really cool because at the end of the day, I'm, you know, a woman. And it's cool to hear a guy's perspective on different things. And I know a lot of my secret society has said the same thing. Like, wow, like, 
I never thought of it like that because I'm just a guy. And like, when you said this about that and all that makes sense. And it's like, that's real life happening. Like that doesn't matter about hot pictures or videos or whatever. Like that's real life things. And like that to me means more than anything because it's like, yeah, that stuff's fun and it's there, but that's not what like is at the core. That's just kind of like the whistles and flashy glitter and glam that's all around it. And because I've had that and it's just, it's helped me so in so many ways. And so that's my favorite part is like, you guys just allow me to be me and show me support and love. That's why it makes me sad when I have falling outs with some of my secret society. Cause it's like, come on, really? Like, dude, really? And, you know what I mean? But it's all good because they always weed themselves out. But, yeah. But the true ones, like, you know, myself, Jesse, you know, you, you really connect with us, and it's real feeling. We care and you care, and it's, it's, it's all real. That's the cool yes, part about it. Yes, yes. Totally, totally, you know. There's no games. There's no manipulation or agendas. It's just people hanging out, people having cool conversations, with a little sexiness with my boobs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you, I bring the you, 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 did, you know, you said it. You know, I, I was thinking it, but, you know, it wasn't my <laughs> that, that, That's a funny story, I think, too. I about, bring the big time. Before, yeah. Before I got into Secret Society, that's a that's a story for another day, day I guess, the, old, the whole big time thing. But you mean you know that story. Totally. Story. Well, <laughs> hey, why don't you call in but, next uh, week and we'll, we'll talk about it. Yes, I will do. I will call in next week. Hopefully I get a chance sometime to go out to Cali and finally meet you. Like I said, it was on my bucket list. To, it's on my bucket list to meet you. So you're, you're the hottest and best. Oh, Thank please. you for everything you do for the secret society. If you ever come to California, you have to let me know. I will. I, I will definitely, right, I will definitely you let you know. All right, have a good night. Shelly. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, you guys, that is it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back here next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And until then, I'm Shelly from Kelly, and guess what? I'll be smelling you later. Adios.